0: Well the lesson you got was don't say anything. You push back against these people, right? They can ruin your career. Right. You're yeah. done, right? Yeah. And 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 no one will help you, right? right. <laughs> That's the thing. Right. Like they yeah. even know. They know, know what is go. being done. Yeah. They know why it's being done. Nobody's going to help you. Right. So what do you learn from that? You learn, you know, I'm either going to stick my neck out there and potentially lose my head. Right. Or I'm just going to shut up and keep trying to push.
1: Right. Welcome back to Dear Healthcare. It's you. right. We are back with Dr. Elisha Yagmai. Thank you for being here. And we picked up last time, or we left off last time on you transferring, you needing to transfer schools because you were going to medical school in New Orleans right Mm -hmm. when the hurricane hit and all that aftermath. So Mm -hmm. let's pick up there as you were describing that kind of process of needing to apply to transfer and how much of a headache that was and how we really were kind of left in this influx right there of just not knowing what to do and it being quite aggressive in some ways on both sides, the Mm -hmm. students and the faculty in that position. So Mm -hmm. let's pick up there.
0: Particularly the third year medical students, that was one of the hardest problems to solve because because of the type of training you do in the third year. So the school had to figure out how and where to continue clinical training? Right. There wasn't, at least to my knowledge, there was not a clear contingency plan on how to do that. Nothing had ever been developed for the scenario right. that, that went on.
1: Because how long was it until like hospitals were back up and running, even just for regular? Oh, in
0: New Orleans, it was months. Okay. Yeah. Uh, other a... other places were yeah. functional. You know. Okay. Um, the, the the hospitals were running, but. The real issue was, uh, first, there was no communication whatsoever. Right. Uh, then eventually there was a little bit of communication, a little bit of communication, but it was limited. Right. And then began the process of, oh, we'll have a plan for you next week, next week, next week, next week. Uh, a plan was,
1: for you in terms of like where they might wh- be placing what we're gonna you again do. for to yeah, What are we going to do, like? right? How are you going to okay. continue
0: training? So we had been, you know, at that point we were more than more than a month out, right? Uh, we had, and, and again, like at that point, I was sleeping, you know, on the on the floor of a friend's apartment. Right yeah, <laughs> were you back in New Orleans? Uh, at that No, point no, no, I wasn't. I was out in of Texas. City still, yeah, okay, yeah. But you know, and and uh, and I was eating cereal because that's all I could afford because I didn't have right. any financial aid money. So this was a real issue, you know, and I didn't yeah. have any of my. Possessions because those were all stuck in New Orleans. So from from the perspective from my perspective and that of many of my colleagues in the class We were in a really difficult situation. Yeah, we were look we were looking for some kind of guidance leadership answers Which largely were not forthcoming,
1: right?
0: Uh, And as As that situation deteriorated over time and as there kept being missed deadlines and just things not happening and lack of communication, etc. I, I, many of us got more and more disenchanted right. uh, and so began to say, well, I think we're going to have to just fix this. No one is going to no one's going to save us, so we're going to have to fix this scenario ourselves. Right. And bear in mind, while this was going on, we were, again were watching the university make provisions for These various other, other types of students. Yeah. Right?
1: How long was it, would you say, like the start of this curve of people starting to make that – jump so, of saying i need yeah. to go somewhere else it
0: took place over several weeks, weeks initially okay. in the yeah. initial stages everybody was 100% in rally around the institution right this is right. terrible we're all in this when
1: well, you were all put into this position because of the hurricane where you were right. all yes. stranded dealing with house stuff That's all right. the, yeah everything all, all of yeah. these things were yeah. happening
0: the issue so it was not like hey you know the school took a hit let's get out of here right it was the school took a hit everything is chaos we get that but there was no again There had clearly been very little planning. Yeah. There was no execution. Yeah, no plan in place. And minimal communication. right? Right. So, and just a sort of trust us, we'll fix this right. at some juncture. And
1: at some at some point in the beginning, yeah. the no communication was because of those servers being down. Correct. So you didn't have yeah. email communication. Right. But then the that students, became online again at some point. The students fixed
0: and, that, actually. So the students went oh, and created, really? yeah, created a, created a you know, uh, basically a chat group. I think it was on Yahoo, if I recall correctly, yeah. at that point. But that's that's how we were communicating with each other. Okay. So the students set this up and began to, you know, build in the administrators and kind of reach out yeah. to people and, and get things going. So communication began... But then, it kind of after, as this environment really began to sour over time, uh, then people started to look for alternatives to say, okay, i got to do something. Right. Uh, my education is being substantially disrupted here. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So then, then some people began to reach out. And then, uh, you know, initial, initially, uh, the schools, that were, so people would reach out to different institutions, usually wherever they were from. Right. There was an initially favorable response.
1: From those, from those institutions saying yeah. yeah we understand your situation
0: right you can come and work with it because we were at the time we weren't even thinking about transferring we were asking oh. can i just rotate with you so that i'm doing something
1: just to be doing some can i can i there, just come in and do there. some clinical
0: work so that i can just keep your m- just keep moving going. forward right ah, okay yeah and we can worry about what it looks like later it wasn't that i want to transfer to you it was that yeah. i just want to just not be sitting here doing nothing right. at all, right? <laughs>
1: is that unprecedented, or does that happen sometimes within the medical it's, well, school? Well, so there is there is precedent for
0: we're going to rotate at another institution. Oh, so, for okay, example, like okay. if you're a fourth year medical student, you you really want to do residency at some hospital, right? You might try to set up an away rotation there, Oh okay. where you go there and work with them for a month so that they get to know you. So
1: that's not totally abnormal. It's that's, not. It's yeah. not insane. No, yeah. it's
0: just not usually done during third year. Usually, right. because right. you're usually rotating at your home institution. Yeah. So that was the initial thing, and and so we went from favorable response, yeah, we could probably do this, to dead silence, to nope, not going to do it. And eventually, what happened actually was that one of the students got word back from the administration of one of the medical schools that had been willing, willing to take him to do yeah. a rotation with them, saying, sorry, we've received word from your medical school to not accept you, not again, not right. to transfer, just, just to, to rotate and do some get some wow. clinical more clinical training, right. So, with that, the
1: intention of returning. With to this the intention of returning. When it was back. With up the and intention running. of returning right. when okay. things were back, right? Yeah. So,
0: they blocked that. And when that happened, that is when things began to go south. Because yeah. all of a sudden, we're saying, wait a minute, we weren't trying to leave. We right. weren't trying to ask for our money back. We were just trying to find a place to go in a very unusual situation to keep training. Right. And you have gone, interesting. Oh, and I, I should add, in that environment, we were being told we could do this. I forgot about that aspect oh. of it. We had even talked about it, and they were told, "Oh yeah, you know, go go find you know if a place will let you work with them,
1: yeah, then go go, go work with them." Their right. issue at the time. Too. This is what yeah.
0: we were told, right? So we were being told publicly,
1: "Right, go seek this do out."
0: This. Privately, those institutions, at least from what they shared with us, was they were being told by the very same people, "Don't, Don't take let our them students." In. Mm that burned the trust down right yeah. really really quickly
1: and really quick question about like the financial piece cuz you yeah. had mentioned you're not receiving financial aid during right. this time yep. would that financial aid have been from the school itself
0: it was. Or yeah, so is that
1: from elsewhere? The
0: money would come into the school, and the school was supposed to it, to distribute. distribute it out to you, right? Okay. So it was loans and other things that you would take, yeah. right? Okay. medical debt, medical student debt, is usually but because very high. you
1: weren't in a clinical setting right well, then. Well, no, you what had happened actually it, was
0: they they often they often messed up. At least at this era in yeah. that school, they often messed up your financial aid. So our financial oh. aid had not been distributed on time. It should have been distributed before the hurricane hit.
1: Oh. it was not distributed
0: on time so we were already late
1: so it wasn't even about the hurricane initially right. and then it was just because the infrastructure was all bottled once it
0: all got right then it was okay. like who knows when the money will Power show up right and actually in the end for many of us the reason we were able to make ends meet was because at that point fema had made payments to people in the area they just oh. deposited money into your bank account
1: okay. Not that even student wise just I was, in, yeah in, in general. I was yeah.
0: down to I forget what I had like maybe 50 dollars or something like yeah. that was it. That yeah. was all I had. Uh, and then FEMA <laughs> FEMA showed up and you know put some money in my bank account Thanks. and that was how FEMA. I was able to afford <laughs> like, anything yeah. else at that point right Wow so because I was living entirely off yeah. financial aid. So And I think many other students were in a similar situation. Right. So that was the problem. So the trust got broken because again, it was public statement here, go yeah. do this. And then private statements were actually actively subverting you in the background. Right. And so then we were like, well, if you're not being honest with us about this, what else are you yeah. not being honest with us? And then it was, well, then, okay. Then, then add to that, well, we have a plan. Well, right. then what is the plan? We'll tell you next week. Oh, the next week comes, we'll tell you yeah. actually next week. So the trust began to break right. down. And then in that context, we began to see, okay, you've handled your undergraduates, you took care of your, your preclinical students in medical school, you took care of your you know, fourth year students, you took right. care of everybody but us in this third year class, we're not taken yeah. care of. And again, in retrospect, that was probably the heaviest lift in terms of getting something
1: done. But. Was to find those clinical spaces. Was well, to find those clinical spaces, in, right? Yeah.
0: But there was no honesty. Right. That was really the problem. Yeah. It wasn't, hey, this is a huge disaster. It
1: was the CYA mentality rather yeah. than yeah. it being about you guys. Yes. Like making that, sure everybody's taken care of. Or even making sure. Clear communication.
0: Really it was about the communication, yeah. right? It, and, and I think that was that was the first problem, right? And it, mm-hmm. it went back, I think. I think from their perspective, I think they felt this was a matter of institutional survival to some degree. Yeah. I think they thought that allowing people to leave in any context was going to lead to mass flight, which is going to lead to essentially dissolution of at least that year, possibly the institution. Right? Right. At least it was going to lose all of its students or lose many of its students. I don't actually think that was true. Right. And I can say, speaking from the perspective of both the students and all the conversations we were having on the side, yeah. that wasn't where anybody started. Right. That was where we ended because of the perception of dishonesty and right. subversion, right, on the part yeah. of the administrators that were responsible for that at that point in time. Yeah. That was the issue.
1: And how old were you then?
0: I was probably twenty five, maybe, okay. twenty-four, twenty-five, yeah.
1: I mean, had you felt I feel like at that time in a lot of people's lives, mm-hmm. that's a time that you often are starting to kind of feel some disillusionment with some authority figures mm-hmm. yep. in a way that you haven't felt. Yes. regardless of yeah. extenuating circumstances. Mm-hmm. Had you maybe started to feel that at all prior to this? Or was this really like glaring, like opening that door toward like, oh, like I'm not, I'm on the path, but like it's not the, you know, yellow brick road that I was told it was. I
0: We had already, at least in that institution, we'd already had a little bit of that. Some of that a yeah. little bit of that. You know, I, I'm just to give you, here, here's another example. So I go to a lecture by the local, one of the local, I think it was a toxicologist, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And he spent his hour with us trying to convince us that cigarettes actually were not harmful. This is in medical school. Oh. Cigarettes were not harmful. And it, <laughs> why,
1: why was that well, an important Well, tur- It turned topic.
0: out that he was a he was one of the docs that testified on behalf of the cigarette companies oh. in the past. Yeah. But this this doctor was a faculty member right in the school. And so huh. we're, we're <laughs> so we're we're sitting there as I think a second year of medical school, yeah. Right, we're sitting there saying, "Well, this you know kind of goes against." Oh, I don't Most. know. <laughs> yeah. Every everything we've been taught everywhere else, and right. all the scientific papers we can find, the and everything else, but you're, you're giving <laughs> yeah, us yeah. like that. You're giving us the industry lobbyist argument, right? Right. You know what I mean? It was yeah, like it was yeah. like a thank you for smoking moment, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. right. But we're like, but this is
1: you're <laughs> like not you're, you're not in Washington here. D.C. Like, talking to yeah. a
0: senator, right? You're a professor yeah. of medicine at a medical right. school. <laughs> so there were experiences mm-hmm. we had that like that. Yeah. Um, that you know would. At least raise your eyebrow That's yeah, probably the way yeah. i describe it. So there were, you know, there were elements of that there, but this was, I think, the first big, on a, on a, in the medical world, yeah. institutional failure, I think, yeah. that, that we saw. And, you know, in retrospect, again, maybe, maybe institutional failure is too strong a word for the circumstances, but...
1: And you guys were the ones paying the price for it, where you were left figuring out where to go and Correct. then being told to go and then being that's told right. you can't go. Yes, that's yeah. right.
0: Basically just getting getting jerked yeah. around.
1: So. so how did you end up finding where you ended up transferring? So, like, how did you find your way yeah,
0: into that? The, well, in that situation, so what happened at that time actually was that um, uh, my my girlfriend was at UT Southwestern, at okay. that time, now my wife. Um, and so I thought, well, you know, Maybe I'll just try to go up there. Yeah,
1: and, I, and that's but, Dallas. That's right? in Dallas, yeah. that's yeah. right. Yep, for those and that don't I, know. And
0: I went through that iteration basically of going and talking to the administration. And over time, we had some conversations and basically explaining, at this point, given everything that has gone on,
1: yeah,
0: I don't wanna be there anymore because I have lost confidence in the institution,
1: right. So you were initially seeking to transfer. You did not this piece of like trying to find a clinical. Oh place, no! Initially, or did you initially, also, I, initially,
0: I had and an yeah. other colleagues had, but but it became okay. Yeah. This is not about just a rotation yeah. anymore. This is. No, uh, I don't think these folks. I think they have put the interest of the institution above the interest of the students that they're allegedly yeah. serving. Right, which right. is a kind of a it's common. It's an
1: important part of your culture and yeah. your stance on yep. a lot of things. I mean, that's yeah.
0: This was the yeah. yeah. It's that it's that problem that I think we see increasingly in American society, right, where the institution exists for the sake of its own perpetuation. Right. Right. Allegedly, it serves a mission. Right. But in reality, its main mission from its perspective is that it should keep going. Right. Right. No matter who gets sacrificed or what has to be done, it should keep going. There's never a point at which it says, well, maybe I don't. Maybe I'm either not fulfilling my mission, right? Should we or, look or, at ourselves? Or, or, or maybe if, I shouldn't yeah. even exist if I can't right. fulfill my mission, right? right? Instead, it's just how do we keep these wheels turning? Yeah, it's that institutional inertia. So it had that that feel. So I went and had that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, you know, they with they,
1: just to clarify with Southwest. With Southwestern, yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
0: I had the talk to the administrators there, and then I and then while I was doing that, some uh, other students were talking to other institutions, right? and, yeah. and so some of us were able to get. Transfers, yeah, right out of uh, out at that point, and that is when the gloves really began to come off. Mm. So then other students saw that happening and said, "Who felt very similarly?" Yeah. So they also began to have those same conversations and were getting some favorable responses. Yeah. And then that's when all that other stuff, you know, happened where people were having the transfers extended and then rescinded. Right. Uh, you know, based on just phone calls. Yeah. That were going on in the back channels. All
1: from like people in your cohort, like. Was it like a lot that were having that it was a, issue? It a significant number, yeah. It was a significant number, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a yeah. significant
0: number of people. Uh, because Tulane drew people in from around the country. Right. And so when this happened, people got scattered. They often went yeah. back to the home community. Uh, you know, and then there, the, the local medical school was willing to, to accept them. Right. Uh, and at that time, we looked up the regulations so that the only thing you needed to have was an accepting institution. So it wasn't like you had to be cleared right. by the institution to you were leaving. Jurors, yeah. But what was really happening was the institution that was being left. Effectively did have to clear you, yeah. and was calling and getting people's transfers. Yeah, were they were like and blacklisting f- and forcing guys, them basically. to stay. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's correct. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and so as you transferred to Southwestern, were you able to start right away, like and go in mid clinical? Rel- relatively portion? quickly.
0: Yeah. yeah, I started on a rotation within. I forget how long it took. It, was, it wasn't the very long. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks, something like that. Um, and then I started on a rotation there. Right,
1: and when we were talking prior, you mentioned off-camera that I want on film for Mm -hmm. us, for our listeners, but um, you mentioned a difference in culture and in prestige Mm -hmm. at the institution you were leaving versus the institution you went to. Can you speak to that a little bit?
0: Yeah, I mean, so, you know, uh, medical students tend to take rankings very seriously. Right. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, what they actually mean is a very different question. That's a whole different discussion in terms of what value they really have and how they're yeah. determined, but us news stands by them. So we won't get into that today. Okay.
1: <laughs> another another
0: day <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in that that is not really accurate, but, yeah. um, but be that as it may. So, uh, yeah, Southwestern is a higher rated okay. uh, medical school in those, in those rankings. Okay. That, that's not the same thing as in terms of what quality of education whatever else is offered that's it's right. very difficult actually to compare
1: but in national rankings, uh, but in terms of national schools, rankings right it's a higher yeah.
0: ranked place and then the culture was also very different and i would say uh, tulane's culture was much more overall much more collegial
1: uh, okay. and
0: friendly uh and southwestern's culture was much more um non-collegial and unfriendly
1: <laughs> what do you mean by that like
0: oh it was just much more abusive that's really yeah yeah percent. in terms yeah.
1: of like your low, lo, you oh yeah, know, your workload. Well, or I'll your... give you an example.
0: So I went into my obstetrics rotation.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, obstetrics at Southwestern is a very well known, very well respected residency. Yeah. Uh, they recruit very well, and it's a very high intensity place. They have very high
1: volumes. Yeah, and so obstetrics is like baby delivery. Baby delivery,
0: right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. So I went into that. Uh, that was my second rotation there. I bear in mind I. I'd, the only thing i have done before is I did I started up in psychiatry at the Children's Hospital, okay. which had a totally different system, different computer system. Right. So I'm going into OB. This is my first. I don't. I, I've never been in this hospital. Yeah. I don't know the computer system. I don't know the. I don't know anything. Right. There is no allowance made for that whatsoever in terms of in terms of how bring how we speed. were treated, bringing up to speed. It was just expected. Like if you don't. I, I would get chewed out for not knowing a paperwork thing that there was no way for me to know because mm. I had never been there before, right?
1: No training on that. and there was all there or, was no
0: there was no nothing. We yeah. just got thrown into it, right. Which understanding again, right?
1: as a transfer. We kind of got slung in the middle of the year. Yeah. This is irregular.
0: But, we didn't even start with orientation, yeah. right. So, what about first
1: students that had been there the whole time were they having similar issues? No no, no, though, no, no. With like being chewed out
0: not from the, well, yes, like people that, got chewed like, out, like, yeah. but not in the same way because yeah. they at least knew what to do the, right. Yeah, and they'd been there for a couple years already. right. They were in that. But, you know, it was like, um, there was, so for example, in OB, there was a resident room. There was a, there was a room on the OB yeah. ward, right? If, if you were a medical student, you couldn't go in there unless there was a resident there. Oh. Like okay. let's say you weren't doing anything at the moment. Yeah, You could not physically go, go into, into the, the room, room or sit in a chair. because it was like a break rest, room. Like it was just, just a break room. room. It's yeah. just a break room. Yeah. That's what, there was nothing magical yeah. going on in there. It was literally a break room. You could not go in. You had to sit uh, in chairs along the, along the wall. And, and appear to be reading an OB textbook. That's that's what you could see. You either were in, in a room doing something, or you had to be sitting on that chair
1: <laughs> reading an O time. Appear to text. be reading. Okay, so. You don't have to read it, but you have to look like it. <laughs> so
0: this, is, this is the case. Wow. Right? Okay. So so I I'll never forget one of the early ones. I get that we what we would do in there is go into baby deliveries yeah. or go into C sections. Yeah. These were the two things we would do. In the C section as the medical student, right, you would stand there and hold the retractor.
1: What is a
0: retractor? A retractor is basically a device that's meant to kind of op- so if they make an incision, they make a cut, uh-huh. right, to open up oh, to a, open okay. up the abdomen, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you know, open up the, the, the uterus or the wound yeah. right so they can get the baby up. Someone has to hold a, a metal device to just keep that open, open. while they're trying to work, mm-hmm. right? So as a medical student, you'd stand there and hold the retractor. Okay. And a lot of times they're they're busy, they're doing whatever, no one's talking to you, no one's teaching you anything, right? You're really? just yeah. a, you're just standing there as a yeah. hand and you're supposed to be learning, I guess, by osmosis sort are staring. Right. So by this time, you know, I was like, I don't think I, I don't think C sections, you know, number one, I'm not learning anything when I'm in them. Right. Number two, I don't think that this is a thing that I really want to do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in the long term. So I don't know that I'm gaining very much from standing there. what I did want to do was be able to deliver a baby. Right. So so I tell my senior resident. I, can I not go to C-sections? Can I just go to the actual, uh, you know, vaginal deliveries, yeah. right? That are going on because I really do want to be able to do that. And yeah. I need more exposure more to that. Right? that right? And I need, yeah. I need yeah. more of these. That was, that was my logic, right? You can critique it. You can say that was right. wrong, but that was my reasoning. I tell the senior resident this, uh, mm-hmm. I go to sit down in my chair. It's, it's like four in the morning, right? And I'm sitting there trying to read my text. <laughs> four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I fall asleep, right? I wake in up. In the chair in the hallway. I wake up in the chair yeah. in the hallway. Yeah. I fall asleep <laughs> doing this. I wake up. The attending physician is is kicking my foot to wake me up. This is really the case, okay? He's yeah. kicking me in the foot to wake me up. I wake up. He takes me in the back room and chews me out because I have told my senior resident that I do not want to do any C sections ever again, and that like this is totally unacceptable, right? And I'm like, well, that wasn't the conversation he had. The conversation right. was, if I have a choice between these two things, I would I would like to do the deliveries for the reasons that I stated. Right. Right. But it was very, in other words, it was a come in with guns blazing. Don't ask any questions, right? right? Guns are blazing, right? You have you know by more questioning anything authority we
1: on like, very much, yeah,
0: very very much. Was
1: it more collaborative
0: in Tulane? Yeah, I, I didn't do obstetrics there, so I can't right, speak. But in right, general, but yes, you know, the critical. feel was a little bit more uh, was a little bit more collaborative in terms of working with your supervising yeah, physicians, yeah. right? So there was there was that, and then there was um, there was an internal medicine uh, rotation. I had. So what the what the attending there would do his thing, he seemed to enjoy humiliating the medical students. Like this was his thing. He was okay. known for this. Like yeah. this wasn't just us. Yeah. So
1: like he had a fun hazing. Oh, hundred percent. Right. Like, yeah. And so,
0: and the thing is this in, in medicine, like any, any professional skill, right? The more you do it. The better you get at it, usually, Hopefully. right, and the more, <laughs> yeah. hopefully, yeah, it's not, not always true, but not, but, but it could be true. <laughs> and it and it feels easier to you. In other right. words, right, yeah. over time, yeah. I, I, I would take you know, it's just, I don't, if you're trying to do basketball, right, you start off, you're shooting, you're, mm. you're not very good, right. You shoot several thousand shots a day or whatever right. it is, right. Yeah. Eventually, it's really easy for you to make that shot, yeah. And then you look back at the ten-year-old who's you 15 years ago, right, right? and they stink, right, yeah. And, you know, and it'd be like going to them and being like, "Why can't you shoot?" right, you know. Right. Right. I'm fantastic yeah. at this. Why aren't you fantastic at it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's
1: so. a good analogy, honestly. I've not thought about I mean medical school in that way, but yeah, for it's sure 100%. that's what it, Yeah, you guys are learning new muscle memory.
0: You are, right? Because yeah. so so the thing is that medicine, the practice of medicine, is rapid sequence for for, for non-surgical specialists at least. It's rapid sequence pattern recognition.
1: Mm.
0: Right. What it means is I have run through this this iteration. Right. Yeah. I've had X number of patients who've come in and told me this right. so many times that I now know what the pattern is. Right? right. I know that when you tell me this set of symptoms, it, odds are it's this, and if it's mm-hmm. not that, it's this second thing, and if it's not that, it's this third thing, right? right. And we're gonna work through this list based on highest statistical probability. Right. People may not articulate it in those terms, but that's actually right. what's going on, or what it's should be going chart, on. It's a flow
1: chart, basically, within you, right? It's a flowchart. Like, chart. It's, yeah. You've
0: internalized a flowchart, yeah. right? And you've internalized a set of rough probabilities. Right, yeah, right?
1: yeah, that you can do quickly as you could do it more. Exactly, right? right. So
0: when you start, it's like, Every time they come in, right, you have to start right. from zero and be like, okay, all right, so they said they have chest pain. All right, now what causes chest pain again, right? <laughs> you know, right, right, Here's right. my yeah. list of things. Look at all the
1: possibilities, <laughs> right, right. what's most probable. Right. Go ne-
0: yeah. If, if you fast forward 15 years, right? If you tell me chest pain, right? Yeah. I, I'm already asked, okay, I'm asking you a series of questions, right? Rule this out, rule that out. Check, 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 right. check, check, check. We do all of that in three minutes.
1: Right, right? yeah.
0: But that would have taken me an hour. At the beginning, right, right? and maybe
1: not <laughs> even knowing which questions 100%. you needed. At. Well, it's because like, I was going to yeah, ask. Yeah. I was going
0: to ask you a hundred questions, right? Because I didn't know how to target my right. questions. This yeah. is medical students are notorious for this, yeah. right? They take an hour to do an admission interview. Right. That the attending can do in five minutes. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Because
1: of years of experience. Because
0: of years of experience. You know what to ask. You know how to cut it down quickly. Right. What parts of information are irrelevant. You can filter those out. And
1: probably you know how to circle back if there's something that was missed of a question that like could have been asked but was highly improbable. Right. To then when it's like oh now there's another piece of information or this didn't work then you can quickly circle back to like well I would have asked this but it was really low probability. What about that? Right. Like yeah that makes sense.
0: You pull that out Into this environment, though, enter, and I think academia may be a little worse for this, but I I couldn't speak to that 100%. What you have is this weird dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have very experienced people trying to teach people that have no experience right, right? and and much, much less knowledge. And it's a setup for abuse. Well, and
1: the people that are over you in these scenarios, Mm -hmm. are they... Other than being your advisor mm-hmm. when you're in that setting, yeah. like are they connected to the school regularly? Yeah, they're faculty. They are faculty. Usually they're okay. faculty, yeah. So novels. they are teaching persona. They're not Theoretically, yes. Theoretically, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Theoretically they're teaching, right? But, okay. but academia has a lot of personality types in it, right? Right. There are people that yeah. are there because they want to do research. They could not care less right. about teaching. They're just required to show up on the ward every now and then and teach people. But really oh, okay. what they care about is the grant money they're getting, what's going on in their lab, right? right? For the big they don't research care about teaching you pieces. clinically. It's irrelevant. Right? For that matter, they may not even be great teachers, right? I mean, a great researcher is right. not necessarily a great teacher, and vice versa. I mean, they may be, right. but they but also may also not be. But not. in a lot of medical yeah. schools, that's irrelevant, right? You're here as a professor of blah, blah, blah. Right. You need to do X number of weeks of clinical teaching time on the wards, yeah. right? And they're there the whole time thinking about, oh, my project. OK, what's going on with my test right. tubes? Right. It's oh, like yeah, the high school student. coach
1: who also has to teach.
0: It's, it's very much like that, right? Yeah. And yeah. you care about one or the other, right. but you, know, you don't care as it much it about the both. other, right? Yeah. And you may not be good at what you're doing. So you have that and then you have other people that I mean to some degree they like the power dynamic right mm-hmm. they, they like being the teacher they like uh, being this the center of attention of the team right right they, they enjoy that vibe yeah, right uh, yeah. they like the vibe of they're not working with colleagues right, right. they're working right. with people that are inferior to them if not as humans they're inferior to them in terms of professional knowledge right. and skill all the time yeah they're always teaching people that know less than them they're always mm-hmm. working with people that know know less than them and have less experience right.
1: And they are saying that they like the- There are people that enjoy that. Yeah, they enjoy that
0: dynamic, right? Because there's a power dynamic, right? Yeah, There is a power dynamic. And medical school is very hierarchical.
1: Right.
0: Right. And if you want to achieve your goals, right, you need to please the people that have the power to write your recommendations, you know, to give you grades, right? You need to keep these people happy. Without
1: much pushback, I imagine.
0: Very little. Yeah. Right. Very little pushback. Because pushing back can get you in, in serious trouble. Right. Right. Uh, so here again, actually backing up a moment because you'd ask about Tulane, I yeah. forgot this aspect also. So there was a well-known senior faculty member at Tulane who had a notorious reputation for harassing the female, mm. the female medical students,
1: Interesting. including
0: including women that were in my class, yeah. right? that had their own personal experience with this.
1: Someone that in clinicals or like in a classroom In clinicals, setting, yeah, in yeah. clinicals,
0: right. So they would go in and there'd be there'd be all kinds of, you know, we can describe the hijinks and things that he would get up to, but he would get up to things that clearly were improper, right? right? Made, made these women very uncomfortable right. and they would go complain about it and not one thing would happen because he was a very high profile person. Really? He had a very famous name. Mm-hmm. He was quite powerful within the specialty in the academic world. Yeah. So they did nothing to him until the year he was going to retire at which point then, after the, the file was who knows how thick of complaints, they finally decided to take action in the year that he had already wow. said he was gonna retire. That is when action was finally taken. We also, incidentally, I forgot that piece, we also saw that go on in that institution, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're sitting here he- hearing from uh, female uh, medical students about what, ex- what their experiences right. are and how they've gone to report this and right. not one thing has happened.
1: Yeah, abuse not for being students, but just for being female. Right, <laughs> like, exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. But,
0: but that what I'm describing is that dynamic, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. This individual has power. You don't, yeah, right. And and what the actual story that is, was in circulation around this was that a resident, a surgical resident at that time, had tried to take this case forward. Yeah, got drummed out of surgery. That was this wow. was the story that we medical students were getting right, and this yeah. was relatively recent, right? She tried to she tried to say something. Yeah. Uh, this guy's super powerful. Right. Uh, she got booted from the program or left the program, but then tried to stick somewhere else. And once again, those back background the, calls yeah, go on, right? And all of a sudden, nobody wants over. you anymore, right? Yeah. And you're not able to pursue your chosen specialty. Why? Because you dared to file a complaint right. against somebody with more power.
1: Which in 2022 sounds astronomically yeah. asinine. Yeah. But in this was 2000, 2003, 2004, you know, yeah, exactly. percent like, Totally different story. I mean. Not on what was happening, right. but on how we treat it as a society, <laughs> yes. how we, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think even, you know, obviously we knew it was wrong.
1: Right, of course. But, but the it, lesson. There wasn't a pathway. There wasn't yes. a, play, a way to be heard, a way, yeah.
0: Well, the lesson you got was.
1: Don't say it. You
0: push back against these people, right? they can ruin your career.
1: Right, You're yeah. done, right? Yeah.
0: And, and and no one will help you, right? right. <laughs> That's the thing, right. like they yeah. even know. They go know what go. is being done. Yeah. They know why it's being done. Nobody's gonna help you. Right. So what do you learn from that? You learn, you know, I'm either gonna stick my neck out there and potentially lose my head, Right. or I'm just gonna shut up and keep trying to push.
1: Right, because someday I won't have to deal Cause, with cause them. Because
0: someday I won't have to deal with them, right? I'll get out yeah. of this, and yeah. I'll finish my residency, and then I can go somewhere else, and right. I can work somewhere that makes me happy, right? But I just gotta put up with this. Right. That, was that's, the culture and probably to some degree still is. Right? Yeah,
1: Even and if that's it's not. what you were feeling you yeah. know, in a male seat of the same yes. student seat though when you had transferred in those clinical areas.
0: And so to give you here again, like another example. So this this, um, this, one doc, what he would do is he'd come in every day, he would ignore the residents. He really didn't have much to do with them, at least not in front of the medical students. Yeah. Right? So we would, as medical students at that time, we were supposed to be on call every fourth night. Okay. On call means you're up all night. Going around with your resident to see patients.
1: Okay, you are right. in the hospital.
0: You're in the hospital. Okay. You're running around okay. doing this. So this is every fourth night, right? Which means, you know, you you uh, over the course of a month, right, you you have about a week where you don't sleep at all, right? Right. You go yeah. you go the whole night yeah. without sleeping, right? So so one week out of four, in fact. I mean, just imagine trying to do that every month, right? One yeah. week out of four, you're not sleeping. This is pretty common in the medical profession. Because you when, would
1: have stuff you need to be doing during the day too. You're saying exactly, yeah. yeah. So oh, you would wow. so, you'd, so
0: okay. you'd go so you'd go you'd come in, you'd work all day. Yeah. You would then work all night. Yeah. And then you work the next day until about noon. This is how it was done at that time, right? Uh, But here's the thing. So the normal policy in that institution was you come in, you write your, you you work all day, you go all night. And then you were supposed to submit something called a a history and physical document. What Mm -hmm. you were supposed to do was take one of the new admissions that came in from that evening, right? And then four days later on your next on-call cycle, you were supposed to submit a written document that said, here's all the information I gleaned. Oh, okay. Here's my thoughts about possible diagnoses and which one I think is the most likely and what treatment we should do, right? Okay. So yeah. everywhere else, all the other students, for the most part, they had four days to churn out this written report. Yeah. We had to present it by 8 a.m. that, that morning, morning after we'd been on call all night, right? And when
1: did the night shift start?
0: Uh, I think it was about seven o'clock at okay. night. So you yeah. had from seven a.m., and I'm sorry, maybe it was eight, whatever. It was about 12 hours approximately yeah. at night, right? And then you had to have this thing handed in by the time he showed up in the morning. So you had to write it overnight, right?
1: While you were supposed to be doing while your you're supposed to be
0: following your resident around and seeing okay. patients, right? Yeah. So two things happen. The first thing is that our, we start because we have to, he's required us to turn in this paper, right? Yeah. So we start saying, okay, residents, well, we can't. We need some time to write this. Yeah. We cannot follow you around all night. The residents get super angry with us for not following them around. So we meet with them and say, we can't. Myself and another medical student, we, we say, look, we can't we can't go with you, we have to write these papers. We're being required by our attending physician to write these papers and we have to turn them in at 8 a.m. And you know this. right? And their response was, well, that's not our problem, that's your problem, you need to talk to them, but if you continue to do this, like we're gonna have to write you down on your evaluation. Right?
1: <laughs> so, so, and would this attending physician be over these residents yeah. as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that So they're, yeah. Like, that's their direct boss, and they just still they would just care. be like, whatever. This is the response. I'm your boss. So, this is the response like, we receive. yeah wow
0: that's it i'm your boss and i want you to follow me around and even though so we, we, you see what i'm saying we're but there the, was
1: no backup from this attending physician right. to be like no guys that's i right. actually need them to have this paper in 8
0: we're like, at the bottom of the yeah there's of the hierarchy no,
1: again no communication right. across and yep. then you guys are screwed
0: right i mean yep. yeah so we're making our residents mad by not following the culture at that place whereas right. you follow them around until they until they dismiss you you can't go anywhere right and if you do your name is mud right if you do that so we're in a position of, well, but if we do that, then we can't finish our paper. And if we can't do that, then our attending will be mad, right? So what do we do? We just got stuck in this purgatory. Yeah. Two things. So then, then what would happen is then you'd go, you'd hand, in your, you'd hand in your document. He didn't want you to just hand it in. He wanted you to give it an oral presentation. But before he would do the oral presentation, he would take you on about two and a half hour walk around. So you'd walk around to see all these patients. And during that process, he would do a process that in medical parlance is called pimping, which basically means keep asking you questions. So I'm asking you questions about all kinds of different aspects of the patient and their care and diagnoses and what's the difference diagnosis. While
1: the in the diagnosis. room with them or what, both, after?
0: While, while, yes. Both, while in the room, okay. while <laughs> walking around, whatever else, right? So, like quizzing you? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, but it's constant yeah. quizzing. So imagine you've been up since 7 a.m. the previous day, we well, even some earlier than that, right? You're right, showing up yeah. at 5 a.m., yeah. right, to go in. So you've been up since 5 a.m. the previous day. It's now 10 a.m. the next day, right? Okay, and you have somebody <laughs> just, <laughs> just blasting yeah. questions at you the whole time, right? And then at the end of that, when you go through that whole process of walking around, now he wants you to give an oral presentation of this multi page paper that you just
1: had to write, right? A few hours before those. <laughs> right. so it's not right. very recently in your brain this that's is, fried at this right. point. Yeah. Like, this is the Is issue. there any break in this night? No. No, no, no. not you, at just, all. you just roll
0: all the you way really through, don't. right? Wow. And so and then the thing was that there are different styles of this, right? So some some doctors when they do this, their goal is to teach you. Right. Meaning they're asking questions. The point is not necessarily whether you get it right, whether you get it wrong. Right.
1: It's to be constantly it's, seeing what you know, give more
0: and to help to some degree to help you learn a thought process, right? Okay, okay. you don't know okay. the answer to this. Why don't you know the answer to this? Well, let's explain what thought process would get you to the right answer. Like right?
1: partly like helping instill that flow chart yes. within you, like that's that's muscle precisely for it. that. Okay.
0: That's precisely and that's if you're gonna use that technique, not everybody does, right. but if you're gonna use that technique, that is how it should be used.
1: That should be the goal. Like for this yeah. doc
0: the purpose was humiliation. The point Mm. was to rub your nose in what you didn't know and how much more he knew than you did. Really? Oh, 100%, yeah, 100%. That was the goal of the question asking process, right? So it would be, I'm gonna ask you questions, right? If you don't know it, I'm gonna just humiliate you for not knowing the answer to whatever the question is, right? In front of the whole team and everybody else, right? Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tear you down for not so knowing. So this is
1: me. happening in front of other people 100%, as well, yeah. One hundred percent. So the whole, uh, team, well.
0: the whole team residents, everybody else that's there, right? So you're just getting dressed down for what you appear not to know. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, there was one uh, you know, there there was one experience I remember having. The the case was a guy that had come in with abdominal pain, right? Mm-hmm. And he had liver metastases or something like that. So, you know, I wrote up my paper on potential causes of liver metastases in this case, right? Uh, the, thing about, the thing about this particular doc was that he, he really enjoyed cardiology. That was his thing. He knew way more about cardiology than any of us did at that point in time, yeah. right? So, And most of the cases we had coming in, a lot of them were heart cases. So we okay. learned very quickly, if you do a heart case, he's going to just tear you to shreds because he knows so much more than you do about yeah. this. So we learned, the two of us learned we probably shouldn't do heart cases because, you know, if you don't want to just get blasted, you got to do something that's a little bit out of his area yeah. of intense expertise. So we would do this, right? So we'd yeah. pick side topics, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I picked one that was, was abdominal pain. And I finished up my presentation. He's clearly very frustrated because there's really nothing that he can go to town on. Right. Yeah. It's a more limited topic, which was intentional. On right. My part, yeah. Right. You're, you're he, being smart how and how you try says, dance around Oh, we're abuse. trying, right? Like, yeah. so, he says, uh, so he says, well, you know, Tell me the differential diagnosis. Differential diagnosis means what's the, give me a list of possible diagnoses okay. that could cause this symptom. Okay. So he says, give me the differential diagnosis for abdominal pain, right? So I'm like, okay. So I start naming diagnoses, right? Yeah. So I go on for about two minutes or so, naming everything I can think of that could yeah. cause abdominal pain. I finish up and he's like, Ridiculous! You forgot hereditary spherocytosis. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh! <laughs> ridiculous! Right, right. <laughs>
0: oh my like, gosh!
1: You know. How could you? How could you forget?
0: Right, you know, and I'm like, you know what I mean, and I'm like, right. I
1: mean, when you type in the to right. Google, we now know that right. there are so yeah. many
0: things that can... Yeah. <laughs> I've never forgotten that, though. I, to his credit, I've never forgotten hereditary spherocytosis. How right. okay? well, <laughs> often does then. it come up in but, your
1: diagnosis for oh, real, though? <laughs> it, but it was so...
0: Virtually never. But yeah. it was... Uh, I mean, it was it, that... This was the goal, right? And so there were lots of insults. There was lots of tearing down. Like on a very personal, like on a very personal level, like insulting your intelligence, insulting you as a person, not just you need to know more, right? It was an attack. You're an idiot, right? It's like this kind of thing. This is the dynamic. So, you know, my my co-medical student, right, uh, started taking this, so those papers, right? I would try to write my, what my co-medical student started doing was cutting and pasting out of like medical pre-written medical journal, so look up a topic, cut and paste just, and slap it into the paper and then read that, right? As the, oh as the thing, that's right? Funny. He didn't know that this was that going is, yeah. on, right? So he'd be like, oh, that's wonderful. You know, what a wonderful, I'm right. Oh, my uh, yeah, I'm like, well, you, you know, that that was written by a medical professional, right? That right. wasn't written by a medical student. <laughs> a med student you yeah. don't know this, right? right.
1: <laughs> okay? So
0: I'm, I'm trying to write, the, I'm trying to do it allegedly the right, right way. I'm trying to write it myself, right? Lord and you are him. just yeah. ripping me to shreds, right? While well, this yeah. is going... So this is the dynamic, right? Yeah. So I take that. Which
1: kind of goes to what we've talked about before of like the type of person that ends up in medicine. Yes. Where it's like, you know, needing to just check the box, like not just check the boxes, but it's an achievement thing. Like he's like accolading this person who's got all the right information, whether they've learned it or not.
0: Correct. Right. They have learned a way around. They've learned to achieve an outcome. Right.
1: They've learned a way.
0: Whether they learned that information or not is irrelevant. Right. They learned how to present the appearance of knowledge. Right. Right, and I don't, I don't fault them for that. It was an extremely high stress, no. awful situation, right? But it, but but, but that, out a flaw. That's what was going on, yes. right? You're, yeah. you're teaching them to to find a way to give you the outcome you right. say you want, whether or not it has any actual effect on how good of a doctor they are right. or how knowledgeable they really are, right?
1: Yeah,
0: and you're allowing, you're making no allowance for the fact that this person, by definition, has, has less knowledge and it. expertise than you do. Yeah, you are a better doctor than them. That's yeah. why you're teaching them, right? Right. The point is yeah. not you're not. It's not a battle of equals, right? right this is right. a battle of it's the a clear power differential.
1: Mentorship, for lack, of, I mean. In, except it's not right. Except, it's, the, yeah, it's like it's, a reverse yeah, mentorship. Right.
0: So this was the you know this is the dynamic, and and this was the problem. So you you learn to produce the desired outcome rather than go through the process that right. might actually make you better at the job in the long run. Right. So I take that dynamic, and I went to the I went to the to the clerkship director at that time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and said, Hey. This is the experience we're having. Yeah. Like we're getting just torn to pieces. Yeah. What we're being asked to do is not comparable to what our colleagues, our other medical students are being asked to do by their attendings. We have, we are being held to a different standard.
1: It was like you talked with mm-hmm. your hundred oh, percent yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah we, knew, like an, we knew it was an, going yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So I go present this and he says, yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah. We hear about this guy every, every year, every <laughs> year we hear about him. Yeah. Yeah. He's like that like, okay, and so what's the, what's the plan? <laughs> nothing. The plan was nothing. The plan was, yeah, just suck it up like that's Yeah, we know he's like this. We, he treats everybody like this and just deal with it. Like that's the
1: You're, answer. You got the short straw. Like,
0: that's, exactly, that's exactly what it was. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: So, you know, and then in that same dynamic, so I had actually, about that particular rotation, I'd, I'd written up uh, a, like a letter outlining yeah. my stuff and I sent him a letter. Yeah. And his response was, I didn't read your letter. You know, it's too long. Yeah.
1: You sent it to your attending physician? No, I sent it to, to the, the to the clerkship director. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, so, so I, I documented the things yeah. and sent him a letter. And his response was it was too long I didn't read it. Just don't wow. care, right? So you you know just do, just deal with it, right? Wow. So again, yeah, this was the So again, right? Yeah. The, the vibe here is
1: put up with it. Put up You'll with it. You'll be gone soon. We
0: have an institution, right? Yeah. We're going to do what we're going to do. If it's abusive, it's abusive. You should just live with that, right? Everyone like else on, does.
1: On this side of things. Yeah. You've talked you know, about some of the pieces that happened in New Orleans and said, like, you have more compassion on Uh the faculty side, being an adult now on this other side. But thinking about this situation from where you sit right now, like, hypothetically, what do you think are the reasons that they wouldn't just excuse this faculty member from their, you know, from their... Relationship with the university, and instead yes. find somebody better.
0: I think it's uh, one is that within medical education there is to this day still a, a normalization of an abusive dynamic. Really, I actually have much less empathy for those people Yeah, that I was dealing with a Southwestern than I do for the two lane people. Yeah, because with two lane people I can understand now as an older person with a family.
1: Right. The, the personal whole, stressors whole that were going world
0: on is falling apart right yeah. now, right? And you're not performing at your best, but I can kind of understand why that might've happened. Right. right? In, but but having since gone on to teach medical students and residents yeah. myself, I don't think there was a good excuse for the behavior that I saw from either of those individuals or anybody else that was around them.
1: The way that it's done. It's institutional culture, yeah. right? Yeah. And
0: medical education, like I said, has that it has that abusive element in it. Mm. It has always had that abusive element, at least in modern times, yeah. right? The is word it? resident used to be because you lived at the hospital. Oh. That's where it came interesting. from. Interesting. You were a resident because okay. you used to live there. And you lived there so that you could be on call every other night so that you didn't miss any interesting cases, right? Mm-hmm. That was how, that was the dynamic, right? Yeah. And so it shifted and they eventually shifted the work hours and they did these other types of things, right, to try to improve it. But built into this, this whole time is this sort of, it's this vibe where people may treat you well. Yeah. But if they don't treat you well, you just you just shut There's- up and live with it. Mm-hmm. You know, had another experience where there was, a, there was an attending physician, attending surgeon. Yeah. You couldn't speak to him as the medical student. You were not allowed to talk to him. If you had a question, you had to ask the resident. And if the resident deemed it worthy to be passed on to the attending physician, right? Yeah. This is, this is, this is within this century, right? <laughs> is it like,
1: is it a portion of like, do you ever graduate from this abusive position? Is it hazing and then it becomes brotherhood ever? Or is I it? I
0: think if you stay in the institution, right? Yeah. If you stay in the institution, possibly. I mean, I, I didn't yeah. stay I'm in just in like, from an outsider,
1: yeah. I'm like, you yeah. know, just thinking about this where yeah. I'm like, there are so many instances of abuse in our culture that I think we've yes. exposed right. over the last 10 years even yeah. that- are some of that where we're like yeah that was never okay right. <laughs> like, yes. but there was a brotherhood that led people to be like nah, it's yeah. fine we all did it we all went through those years like but there also has been a lot of abuse exposed in our culture right in a lot of industries where we're all just like yeah that's not okay yes and it's never been okay and it shouldn't and it didn't it didn't ever pan to something else right. either like why did we stay here so long <laughs> i
0: think there there was, there was some element of a hazing and graduation to, into the From fraternity that, yeah. right but but there also was an element that was just people abusing their power yeah. and i think there probably still is because right?
1: they just had they had finally made it to the point where they had power they have so power, they got right? to abuse them. and i will
0: also say exactly that it's a it is a cycle of abuse thing right hmm. almost undoubtedly those people were abused going through their sure. education and as soon as they got in a position where they could hand down a beating, right, they decided to do the same yeah. thing to the people below them. Yeah. Who then did this. And, and I would say it also becomes a self-selecting thing, right? Yeah. Because when you're in an environment that is like that, some personality types are like, I'm out of here.
1: Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. leaving
0: as soon as I can. It begins to self-select, right, for the people that can tolerate that environment who then, who, whether they like it or can tolerate it, who then it, perpetuate it. Right. Because for them, it's like, well, it's worth passing through all this so that I can you know, put my name up in the stars or the other stars right. of this academic institution, right? I want to be there too. So you select out for the people that mm. don't like that and you select in for the people that like or tolerate it, who then perpetuate right. it to the next generation, right. who then do the same thing, right? Yeah. This process keeps going through the generations. And then what it produces and the most pernicious part of it is it produces people that their best skill is hiding their weaknesses. Mm. See what I'm saying? That's
1: really interesting, yeah.
0: And that's the problem, right? Medicine is rather
1: a, than working on their weaknesses. Or, 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 or just being honest about Acknowledging them. them. Yeah. Or
0: acknowledging yeah. them, right? So when when you've had when patients have an experience where, for example, the doctor gives them complete certainty on, you know, right. whatever this is, and then they go somewhere else and that diagnosis was thoroughly wrong. Right. Right? Why did that happen? Yeah. Because for in many cases, one, well, it may be a knowledge deficit or whatever else, right? Yeah. But even how did the knowledge deficit happen? Because going through the training, the point of the training was to not be humiliated and exposed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The the price of expertise is humiliation. Yeah. You have to be bad at a thing before you're good at a thing. But if you're not allowed to be bad at a thing, and this is is the whole story of medicine and medical training, you're not allowed to be bad at it, right? Because you're being constantly judged and graded on these things. So if you stink, right, well then you're inferior. right? Right. So your whole goal is to try to not appear to stink even if you do.
1: Right. So you just avoid so things just that make you uncomfortable.
0: You gloss over the things you don't understand because if you ask a question, then they know you're stupid. Right. right? You see what I'm saying? Which right. never gives you
1: an opportunity <laughs> to actually change or grow. That's the issue. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: Well, that is our time, but this has been, an, I mean, it's so illuminating, honestly. So that's where I'd like to pick up next time is about where you went from there into your residency and how that kind of went. but. I mean, I think that we'll probably return to this topic about medical school at a later point of some of this piece of like some of that culture and how that shapes the type of person that ends up coming out of medical school into the actual medical field, you know? That's our time today. Thanks for being with us again, and we'll pick up next time on your residency.